0: Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love talking to different types of creative people. And today my guest is Jeremy Bernard. Uh, He co-wrote a book with uh, Lee Berman called Treating People Well, The Extraordinary Power of Civility at Work and in Life. And Jeremy and Leah both worked in different white houses as the social secretary which is why they know about things like treating people well. Um, Jeremy worked in the Obama administration and Lee worked with George W. Bush. So they teamed up um, recently and wrote this book about um, about civility, but also they share a lot of great stories from their time in the White House. I could have talked to Jeremy all day. He had so many great things uh, to say and so many great stories about the White House. But before we get to the interview, um, I want to get a mention in for The New 30. That's a web series. Uh, a gay web series that I interviewed the creators of a few years ago. They recently got nominated for an Emmy, a daytime Emmy for best web series. And they're currently doing their season two campaign to raise money for season two, the new 30. And um, we're going to do a Facebook live event uh, Thursday night. uh, What date is that? April 4th. Uh, We're going to play You Don't Know My Life with the cast of this web series to try to get people excited about the show and um watching it and all of that stuff so you can learn about that at the new 30 facebook page so just look for that and if you can kick in a little money to their kickstarter and make that season two happen um they would love you and they're emmy nominated you know so that's cool too oh and you know what else got emmy nominated after forever kevin Spiritus web series which was also featured on the show so the point is the dennis anyone bump is a real thing all right that's enough plugs for now let's get into the interview here is jeremy bernard Hey there, I'm coming to you from the beautiful backyard of my guest today, Jeremy Bernard. He is the co-author of the book, Treating People Well. And your experience that you base this book on is your years working in the White House. Right. And what was your, your your official title there? It was White House Social
1: Secretary and Special Assistant to the President, which still seems strange to me. I sometimes look back at my business card from the White House and think... Was that really me? I
0: never thought I'd have that title. And you were with the Obamas. What years were you? Um, I started serving working as that. As sh- that
1: job? Well, I started working for the Obamas in '07 in the campaign, uh, or, or on uh, the Obama for President campaign. Then I went into the administration, but uh, uh, I didn't go to the White House until 2011. Um, uh, and so I was there from 2011 through
0: 2015. Nice. Yeah. Now, really I have to say, yours is the first book that I've ever seen with blurbs from John McCain and Carly Closs. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> I think that speaks a lot. And that yeah. says a lot.
1: Yeah. It was It was fun and um, uh Time-consuming get, getting people to give quotes, but it was it. it turned I, out well.
0: I remember when my – I had a, a couple of books come out, but I remember my editor saying, who can we get to do blurbs? And I'm like, I got nothing. Right. So we ended up doing a different kind of idea on the back. But, yeah, no, it's a thing. They're like, right. who do you got? And I'm like, And
1: then right. it depends if, like, there were some people that we thought would give yeah. a blurb, but they were – working on a book themselves or or, are they worried so they didn't want to take away from right so it it was uh you you kind of juggled it around but we uh we were very happy you you
0: got good ones you got McCain
1: yes yes did you meet him and know him I met him I didn't know him but Lee uh Berman uh my co-writer right and her husband are uh were knew him he had worked for him uh And so that was the
0: real connection. I love that. And you pronounce her name Lee, Lee. not Leah. Right. Right. Nice. So um, how did the idea come about to do the book?
1: We, uh, I actually was uh, at dinner with uh, Roxanne Roberts from uh, the Washington Post who said, you know, you've got this great relationship with all of the former socials. And you and Lee are really close. And, it's like the two opposite administrations. This was pre-Trump.
0: right? Uh,
1: opposite administration. You should write a book together.
0: She worked with uh, George W.
1: Bush. It was George W. Bush, yeah. uh, social secretary. So we, um, I thought about it. I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And then we bounced around because I thought, well, what will we write? Because we don't want to write a tell-all. Right. We want to be respectful. And uh, finally came around to what book do we wish we had? Before we started this job, or really any job, right? But, uh, and and so it, we kind of wanted to include lessons we learned uh, on the job training,
0: right? And and sort of you have a subtitle to your book, treating people well: the extraordinary power of civility and work in work, at work, and in life, right? Yeah, civility, Remember yeah, that.
1: You, and we, <laughs> this all came about before, so we uh, started working in two thousand sixteen. Uh, really, the end of 2015. So, 2016, we had uh, already started on it, and at that point, we didn't. We knew it was going to be a, a, you know, bitter fought election, but we didn't know that it would be where it was tr- going. Trump, and it, we didn't know where that it would end up. Yeah. Uh, and so um, people are like, "Oh, you, what great timing!" And it's like, "Well, it's really." luck or, yeah. you know, lack thereof
0: for everyone. But, exactly. Yeah. Um, what was your process like writing the book together? Did you sit together or did you kind of go back and forth?
1: Well, Lee lives in D.C. so what uh, I would wake up in the morning and I'd already get stuff uh, written from right. her uh, like, so I, would, so I would, so I would like nine o'clock, by nine o'clock I'd be writing. Right, because she, she, she starts was the three day hours, yeah. three hours earlier. So it really worked out. I think even if we were in the same town, we would probably just send them back to each back other before. email. It, it, uh, I talked to a friend that, you know, he said it was great. And when he wrote a book, David Mixter, he was like, it was great that we had FedEx. The idea that you can right. get that immediate is is a big plus. But uh, I would go out to D.C. Uh, every few months, I usually had something to go out, uh, to go to D.C., and we would get together and work on stuff. And then we would meet in New York and meet with the publisher.
0: Nice. Yeah. It was so really when you set out to do it, you, you, there, you, you say there's there's a list. There's like s- a certain amount of things that will help people keep in mind. The 12 yeah. things. Uh-huh. Nice. And so yeah. you sort of thought, okay, let's do this kind of a framework and let's figure out what those things are what i like about it is you use personal stories from your experiences to illustrate the different points
1: yeah that was tough because what the stories we really wanted when we were talking to the editor they she rightly pointed out well we don't want to say anything negative in a book about treating people well, right. you don't want to embarrass anything, anyone. So it was like, do we change the name? And usually, we ended up just not including. Right. It. So there were a lot
0: of it's stories. Really just the super dishy one. Yeah.
1: So I, I joke with Lee that our next book is uh, <laughs> here's what we really think. Um,
0: <laughs> I like that. Um, I was looking at the things that you had to think about. A lot of um, ceremonies and parties and dinners. Um, you know that expression, don't sweat the small stuff. Your whole job was sweating all of the stuff, right? Right? Yes. Uh, like what things look like and the flowers and where people sitting. And all of that stuff is very important in this world. Did you naturally have an attunement to that kind of stuff? Or is it like, okay, I've got to amp up for this. Because uh, I don't shit, give a shit about what fork it is. Uh, I,
1: I, when I <laughs> interviewed with Mrs. Obama... I been, been, I was in New York, I mean, I'm sorry, in Paris working uh, at the embassy, uh, and I came back, I got an email, said, would you throw your hat in the ring for this job? And I was like, sure, but I don't know anything about. Yeah. So, and it, in the interview with Mrs. Obama, I, I went into the West Wing and met with everyone and then came over and met with Mrs. Obama and... The first thing I said to her is, you know, I'm not certain... I, I, I don't really know how to do flower arrangements. It's never been right. my, I don't know China. Right. I I, I I don't think I ever went to a restaurant with more than two forks, it, right. you know, until I was 18. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm the right person. And she said, you know, I'm, you, we have... There are people here that help with that. What I need is your political judgment and how... To get as many people into the house that have never been in the White House, and so that was
0: their mandate. That's yeah, what they that's wanted what, to it, do right. in terms of social things. Social. They wanted to open it up to people that would never would, normally have get there. never them.
1: been, and they, uh, they that's wanted, beautiful. Yeah, in that really was. And sh- they were. It was tough for the some of the bundlers because. They didn't understand why they weren't invited to everything.
0: Now, bundlers are people that that get raised together. Yes, they raise raise money. money And And normally, that's rewarded with a lot of invitations. A A
1: lot of invitations. And so we had to really work on how to scatter them out. But... And, and communicate it, to it, them and communicate, and it, that it, it you're never not went be over. invited
0: to it, <laughs> everything. It never went
1: over well. They would say, oh, I, I, I said, you know, the Obamas want as many people to experience this as possible, so we can't invite the same people. And it was almost always some form of, oh, I understand, but... They would want me to be there. Yeah, you know? but I'm the, yeah. I'm the exception. Yes,
0: exactly. Ugh. And so. And you had to take those calls.
1: Yes. Someone said, Oh, you must have made a lot of uh, friends being social secretary. I said, Well, I think I made a few enemies because people would, like someone said to me at a relatively small dinner in the East Room. Said, "What well, could you sit me any further away from the president? Yeah, there's a And, that's in the book. That's and right. I was like, yeah, it, it, the room's not even that big. You know, <laughs> like, uh, like uh, yeah, you, not, could, you want to be in the kitchen? It, yeah, exactly. Uh. It was, uh, so it it but was,
0: the way you handled that was great. You yeah, I, talk about it in the book.
1: Then I you look, there's no bad seat in the uh, in the White House. You're having dinner with the president and first lady. That's remarkable.
0: Yeah, that you sort of." found a nice way to say what the hell yeah yeah, appreciate it yeah Yeah. what i i I was able to say something
1: that i uh, that was very different than what i was thinking at the moment right
0: exactly how do you handle there's a chapter in your book uh, dealing with difficult people or a section Uh, what are your tips
1: you know it's funny i realized as i talked to people that that the most difficult part of people's jobs usually is not the job itself it's the people—it's certain people—and it goes. It, it really kind of goes with the territory of, of human beings. That there are going to be some people that are just difficult, or at, or at least difficult for you. And what I really kind of—and I told my successor because one day she called me. She goes, "Oh my God, how did you deal with all these people in the West Wing saying this and this person saying that?" And I said, if you think about it too much, it will drive you crazy because it's not fair and you're kind of put on the spot. But you just have to think bigger picture. And God, I'm working for the president and first lady. I'm doing this for the country. And, you know, I'm going to let that stuff go. It takes a lot of uh, self-discipline to do right. that.
0: So you don't sweat the small stuff about sweating the small yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and
1: you know, there's some people you can't get away. There's other people you're just like, you make it as brief as possible yeah. and try not to, in your mind, let that be the highlight. Yeah. But it, it, it takes, it takes real, you have to really be conscious of it because our natural reaction is, is, you know, defensive and uh, you know, everyone wants everyone to like them, so it's always it's it's a difficult uh, balance. balance. But it's it's universal. I yeah. mean, I talk to people. I you know, I talk to people at City Hall. It's the same thing. It's the same. It's and in the studios, I hear the stories. So yeah. it's it's really pretty universal.
0: What was it like for you living in D.C.? Did you like it?
1: I loved the job. I liked and I and I loved the people. I made some good friends. I realized while I was there, though I probably knew ahead of time, that I really have become a creature of, that the weather really affects my mood. Right. And D.C. would be cold and then wet, rainy, gloomy, and then hot. There were about what I used to call like 10 California days. Like
0: days like this. Days like this.
1: And... um, so, and I remember, I think it was my like, third, fourth of July or something. July 4th, for some reason, always ended up being the most humid, miserable day right. of the summer. And we had events starting. a big uh, thing to do. Right. Yeah. We had a naturalization ceremony in the morning, then a, a uh, lunch for um, military families, and then a fireworks display, so they had like 5,000 people in. And it, I, I remember working with the Secret Service trying to figure out if, the th- if we get reports of the thunder and lightning being within a certain district distance, we have to evacuate. So half the people would go into the old executive office building. Half the people would go into Treasury. And it was all of this. You're starting it, to it, think
0: it, if this happened, Right.
1: And one year, I went and the weather was like this. And as I got to the gate... The Secret Service agents were even, hey, hi, how are you? And I realized, you know what? When the weather's good, your mood's just better. I mean, it just made the day easier. You weren't sweating. So, uh, and it obviously affects me more than most people. So I really, uh, I I remember coming out to California with the president. We go to Sunnylands in uh, Palm Springs. I've been there. Yeah, it's really amazing. And. I would go and I'd be there for, there would be some type of bilateral meeting and then I'd drive into, uh, rent a car, drive into LA, spend the weekend and then go back uh, to get on uh, Air Force One to go back to DC. And I remember walking up the steps of Air Force One, nearly crying that I had to go back. It was February weather. and there was a snowstorm and it was like 80 degrees here. And uh, I don't really remember whether it was Valerie Jarrett. Someone said, you know, Jeremy, no one feels sorry for you. You know, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. thought, okay, maybe if I'm... About to be on Air Force One, and I'm crying about going back to DC. There D. are no C. bad maybe, on right, Air Force on One.
0: One. <laughs> I thought maybe
1: I need to think about: Have I, as my time hit yeah. its max? Yeah.
0: Have I yeah. done my my time? Yeah. If I were to visit this, the the White House, do you get a souvenir? Is there something you take? With no, you, you know it, it's
1: interesting. There is virtually no budget for yeah. the White House for you know for this the, kind of stuff. This kind of stuff, and so we would have to. I mean, because you don't know people spend, are looking
0: for matchbooks. Yes, and they're everything.
1: Take, so yeah. the only thing there is to take are these uh, hand cloths right. that are, I guess they learned, don't ever have real cloth. They have to be paper. Yeah. And people take, you know, stacks of them. Yeah. Uh, they have
0: like the seal Right, right.
1: We, we would kind of tell people, I mean, the president even would announce it at holiday parties. He'd say, don't take the silverware. It's rented. Yeah, so it it doesn't mean anything. It's just, (laughs) but uh, yeah, it was it it was difficult because you not just did people want it. you kind of wanted to give some. So you know the only thing we had was uh, M Ms with the presidential seal and the president's signature. I love that, and then the Hershey kisses and. I would order. I think it was from the military office boxes of them, and so yeah. when people came, I would. Yeah. Uh, or if they, if there was some special thing, especially for kids, I would always hand them out. Yeah. And uh, so that was neat because it was uh, unique and had his signature, and every you yeah. know it was a great keepsake. But the reality is that was one of the few things that uh, the Obama administration was so uh, wanted everything so transparent and didn't want any donate any uh gifts from corporations it was something that i was just thrilled that they kept in place and didn't get rid of because it was uh you know
0: really uh one of the few and you could use a little chocolate on a long day let me tell you i can't tell you how many did you bust those things open all the time
1: (laughs) i would have them in my office in, in in good faith to give to people that came and it would just be one yeah. of those, you know, moments. One for them, yeah. six for you. You know, I could walk over to the West Wing and go to the White House mess and get some, uh, you know, dessert or, uh, uh, you know, you had breakfast and lunch. The the food was consistently mediocre, but it was fun to be, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, and take guests there. But uh, there were days I just didn't, you know, uh, it would be a late afternoon. I was like, I don't have the energy to go over yeah. there. And I would just grab the Hershey, Hershey Kisses or the M&M's and... Uh, you know, I'm certain that was one of the reasons I was about 15 pounds heavier than
0: <laughs> I had this image of the, one of the, the president, the first lady walking in and you just have chocolate. All oh, the paper. Uh, yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, uh, it, it, it was, uh, there were a lot of instances that were, were embarrassing. And I once said to Mrs. Obama, if I was the social secretary for the Bushes or the Reagan's, I would have been fired long, long ago. But it was, you know, every family, every administration brings their own style. It's really, it's, it's really interesting to talk, to speak to people that are career, like the butlers and ushers that are there one year after another and hear how they, Learn to adjust, and that it's so different. You know, every family the style. is so different. Yeah. 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 Have
0: you connected with the Trump Social Secretary? Yes,
1: uh, uh, Ricky uh, nasida is a uh, really great person, and she she is an event person. She's not a political person. And I actually we first met because she was working. The c- company she was working for was one of the companies that was doing the inauguration in two thousand uh, right. n- uh, nine. So th- we we weren't. Close, But that's the first time we met. And so I've, uh, you know, there was her predecessor and my successor hosted something for her, which is tradition. And the former socials came and and she hosted uh, a lunch at the White House. uh, I think it was a, a year and a half ago during the holidays. And I wanted to make sure. That I was there to support her. And yeah. she said when she saw me, she was Jeremy, did you fly in from California? I said, yep, got in last night and leave tomorrow. But I just wanted to show that it has nothing to do with politics, right. nothing to do with whatever we think of an administration. This was about a job that we were supportive of the people. Of right, the,
0: and they and you understand what it is that right, they are going through right. and the people before you did for you. I, there's a picture of you with all the other socials, you call right. it. But you're the only man.
1: Yes, I was, uh, and still the only man. I was the first uh, uh, man, the first gay man to right. take the job, or openly gay man. So, Were uh, you the first was, man to ever have the yeah, job? Yeah, first, wow. first, yeah. And so it was It was interesting because the press at the time that I got there was a little bit overwhelming for me. Luckily, I was in Paris and missed most of it. Right. Uh, but, I mean, Gene Sperling coming up to me after my first senior staff meeting in the morning and he said who's your pr agent because man he's good i said no 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 i don't
0: want anymore
1: you know right there was a lot it made a lot of news yeah did you make
0: like the 30 hottest people in washington they 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 had all these (laughs) yes
1: crazy things that really what it is is these are people people want something from or, you know, yeah. view it. and, you know, the moment you're out, you're you're off all those lists. But
0: right. Exactly. It, but it, 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 it was something new. It was fun. Yeah, it was it was new and it
1: was fun. Did and it
0: make any difference day to day in how you approach the job being a man?
1: No. And it's funny because people would would ask me, they said, well, what's it you know, what's it like being the first man? I'm like, I, ha-, you know, I, I don't think of married, it that way. Yeah. You know, I, I think of it as I'm coming in, taking a job that. uh I'm lucky to know people that had it before and get tips, but I don't think about how different it is because I'm a male. The only thing I did, I remember looking. There was a picture of Desiree Rogers walk, just walking down the colonnade from the West Wing.
0: Who's Desiree
1: Rogers? And Desiree Rogers was the first social secretary of the right. Obamas. And I was like, damn, she didn't take a bad... I mean, I wish I looked that good in photos. She just always looked great. And I I thought, wow, that was the only time that kind of hit me, you know, yeah, it's a little different.
0: But But the the pictures you have in the book of you working, there seems to be a sort of jocularity in a fun. It looked like you were having fun and laughing. I'm sure you picked those for that right. reason, but there seemed to be a comfort. Right. It didn't look like, oh gosh, I hope I don't screw up. No, it
1: looked there like I've got a
0: lot to do, yes, but, but have fun. Yeah, the, the, that
1: came across in the picture. Yeah, and I had a really great uh, kind of joking relationship with the president who I would see virtually every day, and so we would talk. And yeah, you just, tell some of those stories. Yeah, and so it, it made it very, when I was in, with the Obamas, I wasn't stressed because it was kind of going on and wanted to. It,
0: but it was all the other times. It was all the other
1: time. And the truth <laughs> of the matter is, you know. They it, were the respite. Right. And, and it was true for the Bushes and it was true for the Clinton people. You know, when you're working at the White House, you just by working there represent the president, the yeah. first lady. So I was so careful, you yeah. know, not to do anything that would ever you know, embarrass him. Or, so yeah. you were all, even when you weren't at the White House, you were a little bit yeah. on on guard.
0: Yeah. Uh, the reason I know you is you were at a game night when we played my game, You Don't Know My Life. Mm-hmm. And one of the stories was, one of the questions was, describe a time when you fell down. Do you remember the story that you told? That I fell down. You, you had new shoes. Oh, yes. This was hard. Hor- <laughs> I blocked that out. I can't believe you <laughs> brought it up. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if it was okay to talk uh, about, but I think about that every day. I
1: was, um, there was an event for, I believe it's the NEH, uh, National Endowment of Humanities. Right. Uh, and Mrs. Obama was speaking, and I was at the back. It was in the East Room, and I was at the back, behind the chairs, up against the wall. And I kind of just leaned back to to you know have a little support and i had relatively new shoes that were in the floor of the white house was a little you know it's marble it was it's right. pretty slick so i you know i it, it, it was, felt feel like your, a cartoon yeah. right? my feet my, and luckily i didn't go all the i mean i didn't make this huge bang that um Everyone looked back, right. but Mrs. Obama noticed right. and, and joked about it. But it was it was truly one of those embarrassing times. It could have been really embarrassing. It could have, it could
0: have been yeah. way worse. Yeah, yeah. And she just said, I mean, oh, she, that's just Jeremy she, being she, Jeremy she
1: was like, Jeremy, are you okay?
0: Or something <laughs> like are You able to stand up, and
1: I was just like, but oh, But you my had God. fancy
0: new shoes, as I recall. Y-
1: yes, I had gotten some shoes I had no business getting, yeah. and it was uh, – I paid the price for that. I After that, I had – you know, uh, some rubber put on the bottom yeah. of, of them, and took it, it. took away from the red at the right, bottom they had of the red yeah, soles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, wow. But I was like, you know what? It, you know, it, it's better say Better than safe than, Sorry, but than the style. red soles did it, it. Did get a lot of. I mean, I remember walking out of the hall and a Secret Service agent saying, "Oh, nice
0: shoes." Are they Louboutins? Like, no, because yeah, the red soles are are, it, are Louboutins for women. It, it is for men. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. So even though they do men, so I and I did either, and. Uh, I actually, uh, a a longtime friend gave me the shoes as a gift at Christmas. And I, the first day I was wearing them at the White House, and we had a meeting with Mrs. Obama, her staff, and I had my foot up crossed, so that the rentals were looking. And after, like, 20 minutes, I was like, ugh. And I was like, uh, well, I kept my leg up there long enough to hope it. She goes, I saw when I walked in what she, she had. Who said that? <laughs> Mrs. Obama. <laughs> so it was, you know, and I was like, well, why didn't you tell me it was hurting to keep my leg up like that? Because I <laughs> She goes, I got it right in, away. Right, exactly. You, know, you, can put your, you can put your foot down.
0: Now, speaking of style, I look at pictures of her and I'm like, that dress, that daughter, was it like that every day? Like kind yeah. of, she yeah. just... she just looked great
1: yeah she she's pretty uh amazing uh uh, both uh photographs well but also just I remember especially when I first started working there and I would walk into a room where she was at or she would walk in and she would kind of give a little wink it was my first months and it was kind of like to show everything's okay and I thought Oh my god she looks great. Yeah. You know it was just and, and at the correspondence dinner and everything she and then even the days where there was no events and there was you know the, the hair was
0: pulled back and it
1: wasn't she always the still gardening looked days right. yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: who did you spend more time with President Obama or Mrs. Obama
1: It President Obama cuz Mrs. Obama it was really uh, she didn't she didn't have the staff or the 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 schedule, I usually saw her about three days a week. Yeah. President Obama I saw every day because there would be something every day. Right. And, you know, they don't want uh, – the president has so much on their mind that they don't want to worry about the details. So even they, though they done, need to go smoothly. Right. And even though they may have done this before, it I, I'd say, you know, okay, you're going to walk out to the podium. This person will be on your left. This will be on the mm-hmm. right. You're going to – take questions or whatever it was and it would seem so redundant but it was because he didn't want to have to think yeah his head was somewhere else somewhere else
0: um you tell the story about the night of the osama bin laden raid right and you guys you were working at something and had no idea that any of this was going on in fact the correspondence dinner was the night before right there
1: was no hint um and uh one of the cast members from modern family actually came up to me and said you you know um they canceled my West Wing tour tomorrow, which was always what they would warn people when they could have scheduled happened. that West Wing tours would could get canceled. And I said, oh, OK. And I was about to uh, uh, I was about to ask the chief of staff. And I thought, well, wait, if they cancel, they're not canceling it because of one person. there, obviously. Yeah. And I just thought, well, the president's probably having a meeting. Yeah. And um. It turns out that it was, you know, Bin Laden. And I was at a dinner, and I got a text. I was like, and I just had to leave because I couldn't say anything.
0: Right. So, so you did get called back into work. Yeah, I got (laughs) a text that uh, I was actually at a
1: a dinner table, and I heard someone's BlackBerry going off. Right. And I was like, what idiot? Brought their phone and left it. And I was like, oh, wait, I think I put my phone on the table when you walked in." So I went and said, close hold, meaning you can't tell anyone. President may make remarks in East Wing. Please only notify, you know, necessary personnel. So, you know, you you had someone for communications and the ushers and all. So
0: you need to figure out the event. Yes. Who's involved. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so... And then by, I hopped in a cab, and by the time I got to the White House, uh, I think it was a Secret Service agent told me, you know, I, but we think it might be Bin Locke. You didn't know. But didn't know. And then as it went on, and I remember I was waiting in uh, Hillary Clinton, Panetta, all of them were in the blue room, and all the uh, military leaders were in the blue room waiting for the president. I was in next to it in the green room, and the president... When he came in, he came over to to the green room first and came over and goes, Jeremy, how are you doing? And I was like, uh, I'm great, Mr. President. And he said, good, good. I said, it's a good day. And he gives me a hug. He goes, yeah, it's a very good It's a good day. You knew at this point. Yeah, at that point I knew because they and, and they were at the time trying to make sure everything was being done properly before he made any remarks. Right. So it was, uh, it was one of those. And, of course, I was in a sweater because I was at a dinner. And as my mom pointed out, there's a picture in Time magazine of, of you know, the, the leaders or, or, you know, the cabinet and the military leaders sitting uh, in chairs, listening to the president give remarks. And that I'm in the back with a sweater on with my yeah. arms crossed. And she's like, everyone was in a suit except for you. Like, well, well, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah, it happens.
0: happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, how aware of you da- are you day to day of the news of the day? Like, are you – do you read the what's happening politically? Are, is it something that you kind of have to keep as a background it, noise, or do you – can you just sort of shut that off and focus you, on your job? You,
1: you – you, you know, to a degree, you're so busy, you cut it off. But everyone has a TV in their office, so and right. everyone had, you know, 24-hour news, news on. on yeah. And um, – In the morning at the senior staff meeting, they would talk about what the message of the day was and all. And it never works out because you are, you you know, an administration is, you know, kind of goes about because of events that happen. It's hard to have it planned. This is going to be the message because something happens in the world that you have no control of. So it was always interesting to hear the message of the day. And then virtually hears nothing of it throughout the news. So it was, yeah, it's like
0: it's but, always infrastructure right. week or whatever but, it is. But
1: uh, the president once said to a group of us, um, said, you know what, don't, even if you think you agree with them, don't spend the day listening to cable news because they are trying to fill 24-7 and you'll get frustrated because something they'll say isn't right or is way off base or doesn't seem fair. And he was right. You know, it was it, it we it was really good not to have... And I think my TV was on all the time, but it was kind of... It, it my desk. It wasn't yeah. terribly convenient, and I never had the sound on, or yeah. ra- rarely. So um, so we knew if something big happened, but we didn't uh, usually... But you weren't of,
0: always, like, yeah, right, you know, digesting right. it. What is the actual White House like? Is it old?
1: It is... You know, the is it- biggest... Small? It's Small? The biggest, uh, the most often remark I received, especially um, if people went into the West Wing, was, God, it, it's so much smaller than I thought. And it, it really, it, it is. I, I remember looking, seeing some of the uh, episodes of West Wing, and I was like, God, they make the offices look so great. I right. mean, they, they were just, and it was like, it, it, it in the West Wing, if you if you were in the West Wing and you had an office note with no windows, it was tiny. That was you know it was like real estate. That was yeah. great. Um, uh, now I lucked out in that the Social Secretary's office uh, is in the East Wing on the second floor, and I look I would look out onto the White House, the side of the White House, and the the South Lawn. So the first week it was very exciting. When the helicopter would land and then take off, and I right, you can see it out your window. Yeah, and then uh, someone on the staff said, "Yeah, give it two weeks, and it'll just be." And then it, it was an annoyance, you know. It's like, why does he have to land now?
0: Well, right. And I think the night I met you, you said some story about how the Secret Service had to be alerted if you were going to.
1: There, there were there are these big windows right. in the Social Secretary's office that are actually doors. Right. You, there's a couple of steps. There's a movable uh, st- uh, steps, and so, uh, my first day, they would say, "Oh yeah, you can open these, and you yeah, know, you walk can go out." Outside. And so you'd walk out on, on the roof of the colony, you know, yeah. through the from the east wing going to the uh, mansion, and it would be, you know, you you could see the oval, and you could see the the, the south lawn, and it was. It was a great uh, visual and I take pictures all the time. When it snowed I'd take pictures yeah. you know, it was a beautiful day I take pictures and uh, the I remember that, uh, as they were telling me you can open the doors they said, but always alert the secret service first so they don't shoot you. Yeah. And I was like, well, don't you think there should be a sign that yeah. says that? You yeah know, yeah, a yeah. yeah. More it's more a little right?
0: bit like by the way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you worked with with the Obamas since 2007, though, right? Right. right. Yeah.
1: At the, I, really, at the very beginning, actually probably like two weeks before the, the campaign was kicked off. Wow. Yeah. It was amazing because at the time, no one thought he was going to win. Everyone yeah. thought Hillary was going to be the nominee. And people didn't know the name. I, I think the second time Obama came out to California, he had for the— presidential campaign he had secret service first time he didn't second time or third time he did and we had an event in orange county and it it was first thing in the morning I, i went down there and then the next event was in la in the afternoon and so i just they told me you know put i drove there and they said go in the motorcade just go behind this there'll be you know a uh police car at the end and in the right. front and you'll have the motorcycle so you'll know where you know you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And so, you know, we go through and So you're driving dr- as part of the motorcade. Yes. And I got a ticket about two weeks later <laughs> saying that I had gone on the toll road <laughs> and not paid and I was trying to think when to, and I was like, wait and I called because i was so – and I said, I was in the Obama motorcade and the, the the lady I was speaking to had no idea what I was saying. Right. So she got a supervisor I said, I was in the Obama. Senator Obama, he's running for president. She goes, well, we can knock it down to $25. <laughs> I
0: was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. But I wonder if anyone else on that motorcade got a ticket. Probably not.
1: Well, I guess if if they were official cards, yeah. they knew to take them off. How
0: did you first get involved with them?
1: You, you know, I was uh, – in 2000, 2006, we had just had a, a, a very successful midterm, uh, Democrats took over the Senate, and I was really looking to get involved, and I was very disappointed in some Democrats' uh, vote on the war and reasoning for the war. including right. Because I had worked, uh, you know, in the 92 uh, uh, Clinton campaign, and I was... Uh, made a superdelegate by uh, the Clinton folks. You were a superdelegate. I was a superdelegate. And I would have been a natural for, to be a Hillary person, but I was I was upset about her war vote and her um, response to it. I was always thankful that they weren't, amazingly weren't organized enough to call all the superdelegates because if Bill Clinton called it's it's tough to say no to bill and so i was always you know thrilled right they never reached out
0: before even you really met obama you that was a that was a point in his favor that Um, he was against the yeah
1: yeah and uh he seemed like it was a breath of fresh air
0: what do you remember about your first meeting with him
1: um it was uh, he had come when he was first senator uh I was working for Mark Nathanson at the time, who uh, was, a cable, he was a cable executive and sold the cable company while I was there. And then I went and started working for him on his political and charitable giving. And Obama was in town, and we met briefly in Mark's office, the three of us. And it was really brief. The next time I saw him was at the prayer breakfast the week he announced. and. He as he walked and I was in the back and as he walked out he came over to me. He goes, We've met before, haven't we? And I was like, Well actually yes. And it went, uh, but and then it was just it, it really became it was so informal in the early days, it really helped when I was in the White House because even though you still you know I'd always say Mr. President and right. very respectful, it took that edge off. Mrs. Obama used to say it takes people a few months. Because, you know, we walk in and there's Secret Service and there's Hail to the Chief, and it's overwhelming. Yes. And so, it, you know, they are very much people and want to be treated like people. Yep. And, so, and they did a great job at, at doing that, but it was, uh, in, it was in my favor that I had known them
0: prior. And what were you working as on the campaign? Uh, On the campaign, uh,
1: yeah, I was a a fundraiser. I was actually as a consultant, but I was uh, fundraising because, you know, everyone, the uh, uh, ATM for uh, campaigns is New York and and California. So uh, and the donors, most of the donors bundlers I knew were in the Hillary camp. So it was a whole new group of people and we used to say we were building you know we're we're, we're building this plane as we take off i mean it, yeah. it was really it had that feeling yeah, of a, yeah. like an
0: upstart thing. yeah when did you first think he could win this
1: you know the summer of 2007 was really bad it, 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 the the numbers weren't good it was the first i think quarter we didn't raise more than we thought and Uh, You know, you'd turn on MSNBC. Chris Matthews would say, "So Hillary's going to be running against, you know, either John McCain or Giuliani," and they never would even mention Obama. It was like it was not right. uh, But by the end of the year, and when I really realized that I was still on the DNC at the time, and Obama went to speak at a DNC meeting. Now, I was about the only delegate in California delegate that was there sitting that was. For Obama, so right. You were after he, got, after he finished, and he gave a great speech, and everyone was clapping. And I got on the chair, he and and Goes, Jeremy, come here, and waved me over. And I, we were talking as we, we were walking to the next uh, to whatever he was doing next. And he said, "You know, if the election were today, Hillary would come in third on the on the caucus." I, I, he goes, "It's not going to last." I, I know they're going to figure that out, but it. That was the first time. and That he was a month. He, he said that, that uh, you know that the polls the were showing caucuses. that that she would come in third, and he would come in first, and then the ones that didn't make it, their delegates, their folks were free to go to ask the ask for whatever. Were you in uh, Iowa?
0: No, you yes, were yes here. I, I you did. Went to I Iowa. went to Iowa. Yeah,
1: uh, it was cold, but it was yeah. you know it was an ex- it was really exciting. Where were yeah.
0: you on election night when he won? You know I
1: was in Grant Park on and it was it was amazing in Chicago, in Chicago and it was amazing because it was again it, you know I, it always goes back to weather for me it was like this and it yeah. was one of those beautiful warm nights that you would think it was not November yeah. that's for sure and um, it was somewhat surreal did uh, you cry? watching I did I did and then uh, I actually saw her Afterwards, say we're going to different like tents where people were, and she came over and hugged me. She goes, "I'm just going to miss seeing you, uh, you know, on a regular basis because you know the campaign was over." Um, She had a great way of of, she has a great way of making people feel incredibly important, and so you know it was it it made the uh, the amazing evening even better.
0: Yeah. Now, President Obama teased you about your dancing.
1: Yes, and he had a right to.
0: But you dance, uh, though. Da- I You're not afraid to dance.
1: He actually said to me, "It was after his second inaugural, and there had been a there was a private party up in the, uh, I mean, uh, uh, at the White House. It was not an official thing. The Obamas had to pay for it. But right. I, it, and I was there, and I was there doing both. I was both Social Secretary, and I was invited as a guest. And at one point, I was dance, dancing terribly, and unfortunately, the president was right next to me, and, you know, he said something I couldn't hear. And then about three days later, he's walking out of the blue room, and I'm on the other side, and he goes, Jeremy, can I tell you something? He puts his hand on my shoulder and goes, I, I don't want to be insulted, but, you know, for a gay man, you're really a bad dancer. <laughs> and I said, Mr. President, if I was, you know, if I was straight uh, – I would be a horrible, even if I was a straight white guy, right. I'd be a horrible dancer. I was that bad a dancer. And I was so afraid because West Wing Week, which would film every week, right. they were, they filmed it. And luckily, I watched West Wing Week and all you saw was the president coming up and putting his arm on my shoulder. You don't hear, you don't hear what he said. Says. But it was, uh, I, and I would always joke because the he, you know, he wasn't a fan of photo lines. The, the Clintons are great at photo lines most politicians it's wearing and i would always have you know the time it would be and i'd work to make sure that we got done ahead of time and after the photo lines were done we would do the jeremy dance and i would dance and and how does it look it's all it's awful and (laughs) on the last holiday party of one of the years president goes okay and he said it, you know, I think it was the year before the election. It must have been uh, December 2011. He said, okay, Pete, no photos. This can't come out until after the election. Right. He goes, but I'm going to do the Jeremy dance. And he did the Jeremy right. dance with He him. thought
0: you could hurt and, it. Your dancing is so bad that he, if you were seeing it, want, it could hurt it I chances. think he didn't
1: want uh, it show him looking silly. Right, You know, but way, it, was, it makes sense. But it was. And then uh, by going it. away, party, he did it again. He did say... You know, don't photograph this. Pete Sosa, the uh, White House photographer, yeah. took photos, and it ended up being one of the. You know, at the end of the year, he put the ten best photos Of the year, and it was one of the photos. So yeah. after that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna post mine if you know. If I love okay. that. Yeah. that he
0: does. The, the President Obama has an imitation of your dancing. Yes,
1: the Jeremy yes. dance. Yeah, it's horrible. It's I want
0: to see thing. it. Yeah. Um, you talk about coming out in the book. You use that as an example of um, one of the, some of the the. The traits that you're talking about you did it in a letter to your parents
1: yeah when i um i had a you know it's i wasn't really worried that i wouldn't be accepted but i had a tough time dealing with coming out and i remember someone telling me, i think uh rob eichberg who wrote about coming out uh, at the time said you know you don't you don't come to this realization overnight and it it can be a little bit much to tell your parents and be standing there and exe- expect them to get it right away and not right. have to process it. So he suggested everyone write a letter, even if they don't send it. Right. And uh, I wrote the letter, and I remember I wrote, went back and forth and back and forth, and um, sent it. And I think at the time, uh, you know, I said there was email wasn't really that. Common, yeah. I, right. I sent it FedEx, I think, and you know the next uh, the, the next day, my mom called, and she said, you know, uh, uh, your dad was surprised. I, I was surprised. Your dad <laughs> was not, but you she says the reverse. Yeah, she says, but you know we love you, it doesn't, it doesn't affect anything. And then my dad got on the phone and goes, yeah, well, we, we don't live in the dark ages. You know, it's all all fine. But yeah. it was it was really uh, an emotional time.
0: Now, you grew up in Texas. San Antonio. But your parents were big Democrats. Right. So you must have felt sort of odd man out a little bit.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because at the time, as I was growing up, especially in uh, youngest years, all of my parents, not all of them, but many of my parents' friends were... Democrats that they knew from campaigns. So I saw the world as very much Democrats. Right,
0: that's the world you knew. Right.
1: Uh, And then I, you know, my school uh, was pretty conservative and I realized then, but it it was really uh, kind of amazing because I really was brought up on it and I knew what the issues were and why uh, I was Democratic. And most of the of my classmates would just be like, Oh, you know, this person's an idiot. You know, I think they, Jimmy Carter's an idiot. Uh, and I'd say, well, why? And they, they never could answer.
0: Yeah. Um, I it, remember growing up and like, it was Nixon McGovern or it was right. One, yeah. But like there was one family in our town that was the McGovern's and they were, we thought they were the worst. Right. Like, how yeah. could you possibly? Right, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. I
1: did years later. I heard, a neighbor saying, oh, yes, when, you know, in those first 10, 15 years uh, that uh, 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 being in the House, they they the, the House was, no. oh, that's the Democrats. Yeah. Because all, uh, you know, that was like yeah. how they were
0: refer- referred yeah, to. Yeah. But you came out to L.A., you were interested in perhaps pursuing acting. Is that yeah, what you like, came to like L.A.? Yeah, like so
1: many people. I had yeah. been visiting L.A. because my grandmother, aunt and uncle, uh, and cousins lived out here, and I... Immediately, my grandmother lived in Santa Monica. My uh, uh, aunt and uncle and everyone lived in Westwood. So I was just like, this is a great. And I'd come right. out in June when it would be 98 yeah. degrees and humid in San Jose, right. And I'd, it was just like great. And so I knew I wanted to eventually uh, come I'd come out to L.A. I I think I realized quickly that I didn't. I wasn't going to be an actor because I hated auditions and that's kind of a a key part of it. And so I just, I was like, okay, you know, finally kind of went off in my mind. This is not what you're going to do. And I was working as a waiter, as one does. And uh, at a restaurant and David Mixner was there and he had just uh, become a kitchen cabinet uh, they, what they call it, a kitchen cabinet member of Bill Clinton's campaign. Right. And I he said, Well do you know Bill do you know about Bill Clinton? I said, Yeah, but well, my parents worked with him in the McGovern days. I think he's kinda of turned into a jerk, I meaning he had gotten conservative. And he goes, Well it's one of my friends and dear friends and I'm campaigning and I was and like this well, was before I just, he Right the, all- Yeah, and I was like, Well I just screwed that up. Right. But I ended up working for David and we, you know Bush was at eighty-five percent approval. I didn't, we didn't know how long it was last. We really didn't know, and no one people would say at the, you know for the first six months, people said Ross it's going to be between Ross Perot and uh, Bush. Bush that that oh, uh, the Clinton didn't have a chance, and so both with I, I really lucked out in the two campaigns I worked at, both were considered not a chance of going to be it, yes and then we you know coming through and uh it was really so it, you
0: left your job at the wait uh, at the, as a waiter it, to work work
1: on, the, the on that and then i you know and i actually went and worked on the inaugural committee and i at that point and i i didn't know the clintons like i knew the obama so i knew i, I wasn't going to get you know, a great White House job. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I tried to get into the administration, who knows where I'd get? Yeah. And I, re- you know, I was like, well, I don't want to move here. I want to get back to California. Right. So, uh, um, I ended up eventually getting put on the Kennedy Center uh, advisory committee. But I—that uh,
0: seems like a cool job. It, it yes. That's
1: in it's DC really not. Though, y- yes. It? So it would be. You know, it was advising the kennedy center on the arts and you know we'd go to the kennedy center honors and all that it was really a it really is a perk for a donor yeah because it's prestigious and all that. Yeah. is it, it the, a job it, it, no oh. uh it, it was just so oh, okay. and, and actually so you're saying you gotta see share up. you gotta give it right, to share. right. And and it finally and yes, happened yes and i did <laughs> um I, I that just totally blanked my thought. Oh, I don't know where I was going to. No, it's sure, okay. Sure
0: often has that effect. On yes,
1: people. yes, she does. Um, but I was, I almost got a job, or I was offered a job in the Clinton administration in the last couple of years uh, under Fred Hochberg. At, uh, at, he was at the Small Business Association. And I was like, and, and I was debating, in my boss here, Mark Nathanson, offered me. Uh, he said, if you want to do that, I support you. Go. If you want to stay, uh, you get stock in the company. You'll have, you know, you can run your politics from here, whatever you. And, you know, he said, you know, in seven years, if the company sells, well, it sold six months later. But I, which is how I bought this house, but Thank I you. was. Uh, it, what kind of company was it? It was Cable Company. And, oh, right. And, yeah. And so. So, you stayed. so I stayed. And when I told. Uh, Marcia Scott at the White House. She goes, "Oh, good, because if you were in the administration, actually in the administration, you couldn't do anything in 2000 politically." She goes, "We could put, we'll put you on a board, and you can still do." It. You know, and I worked yeah. heavily on the Gore campaign,
0: which you know didn't turn out. No, really. oh, heartbreaking. Yeah, President Clinton in person. They ask, they often talk about his charisma and the way he makes people feel like the most important person. Absolutely. It's the, it's the real deal, right? It's the real deal.
1: It was then, even when he would come to the White House uh, to for a meeting or something, I would go and greet him at the uh, either the south uh, uh, entrance or the, the west uh, wing entrance and Westgate and I would always take some staff with me because I knew Bill Clinton would make everyone feel good. Now, Obama,
0: they'd be, be in a good mood for the rest of the day. Yeah,
1: because Obama, it was about work, and so he would walk into a room and he'd he'd always say, "Hi, Jeremy, how are you?" But he didn't sit. He didn't and talk. Sh-
0: he's not a schmoozer. And
1: Bill Clinton, you know, he got out of the car. Jeremy, how are you? Gives me a hug, and then he goes up. He'd go over and he'd introduce himself to each staff member and talk to them. And I, I remember saying, "Okay, you know."
0: It's like you're a turn boost. Yes,
1: it was, and I, it, it, it's like you know you're gonna turn back into pumpkins. Yeah, and yeah, I remember one person <laughs> was saying like, "Oh my God, that was so great." Obama would have never done that. You know, yeah. it's just was it his style. skill. It's yeah. his skill set. Um, the toughest thing for even Lee had the same problem with uh, W. The toughest thing was people saying, "Well, in the Clinton White House, we got to do this," or I in the Clinton matter. days, and Clinton would be it events for hours he would you know he he drew all that he used yeah, to he say that it. was the easy stuff but for obama it was the it's the tough stuff yeah so, he was to yeah, he do wants, the homework and yep, the briefing it, books and, right yeah right
0: um what was it like you you there's something in your book that really captured my imag- imagination they have white house calligraphers yes whose job is to just do the calligraphy what a cool job
1: yes and so i like
0: penmanship things right, and it, pens it, and calligraphy is there multiple people? There are uh,
1: three people or two people in the office. There were three. I don't know if there's a third. One uh, one of the calligraphers retired last year. So uh, she had been there like since the Carter days. Right. Um, they were always interesting because, A, they, you know, they had every invitation that ever was. So I would work with them on. You know, different invitations and different ideas, and and it was always a great uh, working relationship. But it was also interesting because they liked the ushers, and they had a perspective of how different each— it had nothing to do with whether Democrat or Republican—how different each family was.
0: Did you ever feel like you were overloading them? Like, here we got this big party, and they're like— Just a step. Like, like Uh, how did they manage the workflow? You know, my guess is... In another life, I'm a White House calligrapher. uh, uh, I just want to know what it's like.
1: They were, they never seemed stressed. I mean, they would usually say, okay, well, we'll have three ideas to you by Friday. And, you know, uh, they'd be there by Friday. And, you know, they just, it was always a very calm
0: office. I love you
1: know, it. it was like, and it, it was down the hall. and it, it was. It, I actually, two of my interns worked in the side office from there, so I'd always, often be going down, yeah. and I'd always joke with them.
0: And uh, It just seems wild that that's a job.
1: Well, and they are, you know, they make sure that names are absolutely right, the spelling, and yeah. there was one time, you know, after the gate crashing incident that happened prior yeah, to Yeah, the me, real housewife uh, of yeah, the
0: Potomac or whatever yeah, that was. is
1: that our big fear was someone getting yeah. done. And we that were That didn't happen on your watch, didn't watch before. it, yeah. But I was worried to death at this one dinner, we weren't certain if we had invited the right person. Right. And I remember I went into the calligraphy office. I shut the door. I said, okay, we got to figure this out. And we were figuring out, I said, because if this is the wrong person, I'm jumping out that window. I'm getting the hell out of here. You know, this could be the end of it. And, you know, and we found out, you know, it was indeed the right person, but they, they were always uh, a joy to work with.
0: What was your biggest screw up? When you're like, Oh no. When, uh, so
1: I lucked out my first, State dinner was Germany, and there was a po- a slight possibility of a thunderstorm, and I did it outside anyway, which was one of those. Uh, I remember saying, when in doubt, don't, but I'm not going to follow that. It was one of those things you would only do if it was your first state dinner because right. you become more cautious. And, right. and um, there was a bilat meeting, and... The the president and right, yeah, the president and a a leader of another country, and the spouse was meeting with Mrs. We we had some event in the mansion with Mrs. Obama, and so I couldn't do the press conference in the east uh, in the East Wing because they would hear it. There would be no privacy for the first lady's event in. The blue room. So So they had to be where they were. So it had to be, and it was scheduled to be outside in the uh, Rose Garden. And Obama was virtually always on time. Always. And this was one time the bilat was running later and later. And there was a fear of of rain coming. And I was just like, and I kept checking. And sure enough, during the bilat, as they're answering questions, it starts raining. The military aides go up, and they're holding the umbrella.
0: Yeah, uh, but and you're I was thinking, just, oh, oh no. God!
1: And and then there was a dinner. It wasn't a state dinner, but there was a dinner afterwards, a working dinner. The, and at the end of it, it was you know I don't know what time at night. I the president saw uh, the, the other leader off and at the um, uh, from the diplomat room, and then he was walking. Uh, Back he goes. Well, Jeremy, good job. You know, another good job or something like that. I said, Mr. President, I'm sorry about the uh, ring. He goes, Oh yeah. You know, it's always better to be on the on the cautious side. You know, right. to, to go with caution. I, you know, I wasn't going to say to him, Well, Mrs. Obama was having an event. And you right, right, right. I, did, I, was like, yeah, lesson learned. You know, but yeah. he was, he was, couldn't have been nicer about it. I yeah. mean, I think he had forgotten because when he was walking over, he was I, I brought it up. Right. So.
0: So there you go. So but it was a crisis averted kind
1: of. Was, Yeah, but, you know, everyone was, you know, people in the West Wing were like, why was yeah. it that? You know, everyone, it's very easy, like with anything in life, to look back and say, well, why didn't you do this? And, yeah. You know, there was, but it was, it was, you know, nail-biting at the time.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite room in the White House? What's the, what do you think is the most beautiful
1: I love the blue room because, or upstairs in the in the private residence, uh, their living quarters. Where I mean, their uh, um, uh, like den. Where and then there is the Truman balcony. Yeah. Those you, that you look out on the Washington Monument. It truly is the best view in D.C. It's beautiful, and I would often be walking. And I'd get my phone and I'd take pictures from the blue room, looking out. And because it was always, you know, different season, different sunset, whatever, it was always gorgeous. Love and that. so I just, I would, I would make sure I walked through every day.
0: Yeah. When I I used to work at Fashion Police, the TV show, uh-huh. and when fans would come to see it taped, sometimes I, my friends would come and I'd introduce them to Joan, and they would just lose their minds. But you must have that feeling all the time—people getting to meet the president. And you're sort of helping facilitate it, and you're seeing
1: people people it, it, lose
0: their shit.
1: Or, it, like, celebrities saying they were nervous. Yeah. And it was it was really interesting, and, and you're in an, an interesting role there because you're facilitating. You're, you, so you end up being the comforter, and like, yeah. oh, you know, they're going to be, be easy, you're going to be great. And but
0: seeing people have this moment that they'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. That must uh, have been kind of neat amazing. to be fulfilled. Part to watch that, that. Yeah. yeah, it
1: was it was amazing. I remember we would have different choirs from around the country, uh, different schools, uh, come and sing during the holidays. Right and, uh, at bef- before or after the event, Mrs. Obama and the president would go and thank them. Usually, you know, in the diplomatic room or some, you know, one of the rooms. And watching those kids and they would s- start crying and watching the reaction it was really. Just amazing to to
0: see. I love that. Yeah. Uh, you you met Carol Burnett?
1: Yes. Yeah. She uh, she came after she won the Mark Twain Prize for comedy, and right. then so the next day the producer of it called me and says, "Listen, is there any way we can get her into the Oval to see the president?" So I talked to uh, President's assistant, the person sitting outside, says, "Any way we can get Carol Burnett in? Yeah, I can have them the family come in at you know this time and." So they were, uh, her and her family were in the uh, Roosevelt Room, and I said, so what's going to happen? You're going to cross the, the hallway. It's a very thin hallway. You're going to cross the hallway from that door, and you will be in the Oval before you know it. And I love
0: that you're always having to do choreography. Right, right.
1: And it was in this, of course. So everything I said, you know, it didn't go right. I mean, it wasn't true because I was surprised to see the Oval Office door closed to the hall and I was like well that's weird and then it cracks open and it's Obama singing it's so nice that we have this time together Carol Burnett um, same song right. and she was just like near I think she was crying but it was just amazing because he you know did it so so he gave beautifully? Her yeah, he's got yeah. a good voice. Too. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. he was
0: good. You tell a story about uh, before you got into po- politics, working at Don Rickles' house.
1: Yeah, I was a cater waiter, and Don Rickles once had uh, a dinner party for Frank Sinatra. This tells you how old I am. So I, I mean, I was like, I don't think I knew till I got there that it was for Frank Sinatra, but it was. um it was pretty unreal, you know, at the time, because, again, you saw people that was a very small social event. And, yeah. Um, it, but I know later, uh, you know, when I was on the Kennedy Center board at a Kennedy Center Honors, I saw the Rickles and I went over. And I think because they actually he and his wife sent a letter, a note to each of us at work there. Now, there was only like three of it, but it sent us a note with bill and you know it was unexpected and I was like and I went over and I said listen I just want to you won't remember this but I worked that party you did for Frank Sinatra and you sent such a beautiful note and uh, I remember he he said well obviously you've done you're here in black tie you've obviously done well (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, that's so cool yeah
0: it was very cool but you had a little mishap at the party
1: yes that was probably worse than the are, are on the equal level of the, the shoes slipping in the, east wing. And that was, I mean, in the East Room, and that was—I mean—in the East Room, and that was, um, I. This was in the early '90s. I had hadn't been around that many hot tubs. There, yeah. Texas. There weren't at the time a lot of hot tubs because it's so warm, yeah. and I. Kind of assumed without really thinking about it, the cover on it was a hard cover Solid. that you could walk over. So I have this plate of food, flou- food, and I step on it and go right into the water. So it was. Did you fall all the way in? All the way in. in. So, so my legs, my yeah. my legs were wet, my shoes were wet, and there was only three of us, and so I couldn't. You couldn't like, disappear. You could disappear. So I was walking around, <laughs> you know, and you could hear this sc- the shoes like squeak squeak you know squeaking uh, and i was like oh this is so horrible and frank's daughter goes hey did you fall in the water and i said well yes sir i stepped on the in the hot tub and he just started laughing he goes he fell in the water hey squeaky come here you know it yeah. was just it, they it was funny afterwards, afterwards right but at the time it was horrifying
0: i remember reading about some cool white house party where beyonce and prince was there, well, there right? is this, yes so there were two different about? parties yeah so
1: the, the last, when I told the president and first lady that I was going to um, leave, that, it, you know, I've really hit my time. And yeah. The president said, okay, so you just have to do one thing. You have to do, put together a party with Prince. Because they had invited Prince to perform at a party for Mrs. Obama. But his religion... Forbid celebration of birthdays. Ah. So it couldn't be any any yes. event. It couldn't be July 4th. It had to just be. For and I remember I was it, like, God, and it was, I had a few months to do it, but it was, it, it, we were looking in June, and it had to be a weekend that the kids were in town and the Obamas in town. There were a lot of considerations. A lot of considerations. And it turned out that Prince was performing at the Verizon Center in D.C. This one weekend in, in June, and when I called his office, I talked to his manager, and then they got right back and they said, he said that the Saturday show has not been announced, so what he'll do is he'll do a Sunday show instead, and he'll perform at the White House on Saturday. And he he, uh, I, he couldn't have been nicer and really arrange everything because the Obamas have to pay for things like that. You know, right. say, and it's expensive and it, uh, but he was like, Oh, the equipment's there anyway, you know, we'll, we'll bring right. it over. So that what in the event actually happened after I left, but I, you know, I saw it started off and, the president said to me one day, and you're going to be there. I said, well, Mr. Brown, I'm not going to still be working here. But I, he goes, no, no, you're going to be there You're going to be there at the yeah, Prince party, gas. so yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah, which was fun.
0: That was, it was amazing. Fun. It was
1: fun because I think it might have been my first party that I wasn't working. Right. And it was like, oh, this is so different. You
0: just got to go yeah. dance. Yeah. Do the dance. Yeah, exactly. But you would also have to make sure logistics... Performers would, right. and that's hard. It's tough. Like it's sound tough. and right, they all have needs. and their
1: schedule and their needs. And that's hard. Yeah, it's tough. Stuff. And you know, Aretha Franklin was uh, had a great voice, but she wasn't. You know, she wanted a certain temperature, and I had to say, you know, we can't do that because I have to think of the president and first lady and their guests. Right. And, you know, she demanded it be a certain temperature. A day later, she emailed me and said. It's fine. Aretha but, herself? Uh, yeah, she she would always because she didn't fly. So she was invited to one of the parties, and she called and left a vet message on my voice saying, "It's Aretha. I'm so sorry, I'm not going to be there." And then with, with uh, PBS in performance, I think the, one of the producers said, "Well, you you can just contact this. social, or maybe I in- invited." On behalf of PBS, I invited her. So anyway, she she would email back and forth. So and,
0: you were email buddies with Aretha Franklin.
1: Yes. Now she wasn't great at it, and <laughs> somehow it was. I had to figure out what she was saying. I remember yeah. laughing so hard and saying like to a my staff, I, I, "I said, can can someone on my staff please figure out these hydrographics? I don't know whether she's coming or not. But it was uh, it, it was it was always. Uh, a lot of work, but, you know, and a lot of, like you say, the details and, you know, schedules and when the performers could come. But overall, I'll say that most of the performers were really respectful of the fact that, you know, I'd say we can't pay you. It's got, you know, right. it wouldn't look good anyway, but yeah. we can't pay you. Uh, we, we can't you know, spend much on the equipment. It's right. kind of we, this. This is and, and they house. would, and you know, overall, they understood.
0: There's one story in the book, you don't name who it is, but somebody that was like not playing by those rules.
1: Didn't play, it, did at the, it had said yes to the kids' state dinner, which was yeah. one, uh, which was really a lunch, but it was one of Mrs. Obama's favorite events. And it was kids' state's dinner, meaning there was kids from each state mm-hmm. that came to the lunch. And Instead of, you know, these, uh, you know, very amazing flowers, they would be balloons, or they, right. you know, and a hat lady or Super whatever. Fun. So it was always fun, and this person had agreed to do it, and then a week before said, "Oh, we're going to need this, 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 including a private jet and all that," and it was just like that. It's not going it, to work. We'll and get a clown. It was getting back and forth, <laughs> and I was it was I was in panic times because I had been warned by Reagan Social. At one point, it happens in every administration. Someone's going to cancel because they're not held to a contract. You know, yeah. they're doing it for free, and so uh, luckily, I it, it, and she said uh, it was Gail Burt uh, Reagan Social, and she said, "So always know what shows are going on in DC." In C. town, and the Lion King was at the um, uh, Kennedy Center, and. I remember calling Disney. I forgot who I spoke to. said, Is there any way? And they couldn't have been better about yes. it. Yes. And the kids probably loved and it. They, when Mrs. Obama turned to me afterwards, she goes, This was better yeah. having
0: Lion King. So we, there, yeah, whoever. Yes,
1: exactly. Um, it took everything for me not to say and you know, disclose in the book. But again, it's about treating people well, so it wouldn't have gone over. Yeah,
0: well, part of treating people well, and you write about this, is remembering names. Yeah. Did that come naturally to you, or no, did you get horrible, better at it?
1: Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Always was. Always it, um, you know, I would try to remember, especially if it was, you know, someone I knew I was going to see. But the, the, the worst thing, uh, you know, I would greet people as they walked into the White House. And I'd say, you know, welcome to the White House. And I always tried to say, good to see you, not good to meet you, because uh, in, inevitably someone would say, yeah, we've met before. Yeah. And we always, you know, if so, um, I, but it was, that's always been a, a difficult one for yeah. me. And it was throughout that. And, you know, sometimes my assistant would, like, be behind me and say, this is that this yeah. person. And I remember Google Glasses were being on uh, uh, beta tested. Right. And I was like, we should get those so that we can, can see and, it, and it tell. It, and someone that was, uh, you know, one of the beta testers says, "Yeah, it doesn't work." You know, that's not that. I can't read yeah, your you mind. Know, I can't read
0: that. Um, but uh, yeah, you write about um, telling the Obamas that when you were going to leave. Yeah, in the book, and it was—I almost cried. It yeah. was so moving. It,
1: it was—it was tough because, uh, you know, I had said uh, after the uh, election in 2012. Uh, Mrs. Obama, you know, told me she she and Barack wanted me to stay through the entire administration. And I told her, you know, as long as I walk through those gates and I wonder how I got here, I'm here. The moment I walk through those gates and think, oh, God, another Easter egg roll.
0: I cannot then open it, that it is, email.
1: Then it is not – I'm not serving you well. Right. And – I was debating it, and I knew that if I was going to leave, I had to give my successor at least a year and a half. I couldn't do one year. And so I really debated it. And, you know, part of it was also financial. I, I be it uh, relatively low, I had a mortgage payment here, and rent was outrageous in D.C., and the White House Doesn't paid pay that horrible. Much. Really? Uh, um, even as a White House liaison, because I was paid uh, by by the agency— um, I was making when I first got into the administration, um, double what I ended up making at the, y- at that the White is just House. just horrible, and that's why people either don't stay there long or else they've made money in the past in right. But it's very, it's very that's surprising. Cheap. And so you, and that no one wants to raise. You have,
0: in, you have health care at least. You have
1: health care. Yeah. It comes out of your, you know, it's deducted. It's, uh, <laughs> but it was, um, it, it really was tough and. You know, I felt for my staff because they, you know, really made nothing. You know, yeah. like how. But no administration wants to raise the salaries because it's a quick, easy story that people. Oh, yeah. you know, these people are making so. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that. Well,
0: everyone's. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so it was so a it tough was decision. Tough. It was
1: tough, but they they were great at it. And she and I first told Mrs. Obama. She goes, you know, do whatever timeline you want. Let, I won't say anything. Let's just keep it. And, and you, you let me know. And so, but then the next day, I'm walking out of one of the rooms, and the president's coming down the hall in the mansion, and he said, so, Jeremy, I hear you're deserting us. And I was like, oh, and he goes, no, I understand. No one gets rich working here. And, you know, he, I walked with him to the Oval, and I remember thinking, this is another one of those times you won't forget. And there was some photographers there covering something. And I could hear the cameras clicking as I was walking with the president down the column. Uh, and I thought, Jeremy, don't trip. And suddenly things that you don't think about that you usually do fine. I was like, I, I could feel my, yeah. you know. And, but it was, he, you know, he, was like, he was asking who I thought should be the successor. You know, and he, and he said to me, as we got into the Oval, he goes, and, you know, um, if you need something, call me. If you need anything, call. And I said, thank you, Mr. Brigham. He goes, no, I'm serious. Your family. We love you. If you need anything, call. But I would do it while I was still president because they're more even if they don't agree with me, they'll pick up the phone. Right. Um, which, of course, I never did. But it was, I think it was a very sincere and it was very nice
0: uh, right. thing to say. Left, did you keep in touch? Or how, yeah. how do you? Uh, I do because uh, it would it, it, it would was, be hard it was, logistically. Regardless, it,
1: you know. It, so they, you know, they their email addresses are not their it's names you never yeah. think are these people, right? Obviously, but um, it, but it still got tougher because there was a breach of security. So you had to in the last uh, year that I was there. You had to put in... You had to carry another phone, so you had three phones. Yeah. And that was just for them, protection and all. And you had to put in a coat. It just got so difficult. Right. But it was it was actually easier when they were in the White House because they, I got invited to so many things. So yeah. I would see them every couple of months. Right. And uh, I've seen them twice since the White House. So it, it's, it's not as... I don't see him as much as hobbling up as, as I did then, but uh, you know, they they are leading these crazy travel wonderful lives. So,
0: when you saw them after they had left, did they seem different? More
1: relaxed? No, no, he seemed more. I mean, he seemed more relaxed. But you know, he was always a calm, uh, almost like therapy. You know, yeah, like he made zen-like. you feel yeah. very zen like, and. So the change wasn't – I didn't see this remarkable change yeah. because in the way I saw them, they were they were the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a favorite memory of, of him and of her?
1: Um, there are a lot. And obviously the going away party and the dancing, uh, uh, having my family there and my friends there and uh, being at a party at the White House for me that was one of the greatest uh, – Memories, But, uh, you know, there were so many, the state dinners, the, and the second inaugural, it landed on a Sunday. So there was a private swearing in, in the blue room. And then the big event was the next day, which was uh, at the Capitol. And they didn't want to have to worry about guest invite for the private. So it was family only. So the only people there were family and whoever was recording it and in the lighting and uh, my staff. And uh, it was in the blue room. So this
0: is for the swearing
1: in? This is swearing in because he got sworn in officially on Sunday and then went and did it. Uh, this is in 2013. For yeah. the re- and he walked out of the blue room and came over and he hugged me. He goes, it's real. It's the first time I saw him emotional. And he had a tear in his eye and of course then I was crying but it, he's like it's real it's real I think there was Meaning something it's, happening it's happened and you know it was this wasn't a fluke this happened right. and it was really even four years then, it's yeah. Like the, the, the,
0: this yeah
1: it was an amazing they like me they, they really liked like me. me exactly and it wow. was amazing because I had never seen him like How that vulnerable. you know yeah and I think he also knew it, it was real, and it was the end. Yeah. Because in an odd way, because there wasn't going to be another yeah. swearing in, you know, yeah. of anything. This so is it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it was that was so there are a lot of them, and luckily, you know, you're not supposed to keep a journal, right? Because since Nixon, you know, that's right. They can bring it to court. So, um, uh, I always said I never kept a journal, but right. I had a calendar. Right. Which was a journal. And I would write every day, even if it was just a couple of lines. Because what when, happened? And then you, you would remember. Because you, you know, I'd be like, well, I'll always remember this conversation with the president or this. And there are so many things happening that you actually don't. Yeah. And I went back. And when you
0: looked at your notes, did you know what they all meant? Uh, I knew what
1: they meant, but a lot of them were reminders. Yeah. And. Um, Uh, Anna Wintour actually told me, after I got the job, before I was in the job, we were both in Paris at a dinner, and she said, take, keep a journal. It isn't whether or not you have a book, but how big the deal is. Now, of course, oddly enough, we didn't use most of anything because... Right, it's not that kind of book. Yeah, but uh, I'm glad I did it, and you know, I, I... and of course I kept it in love all the these Anna different okay yeah, Right, time. right. It was like how does that happen? And it was uh, but I I have them in different journals and in different calendars and all this. So one of my projects is to go through them and put all of the notes in one place. I also have all the menus and invitations for every dinner and event that in the four and a half years. And the calligrapher actually gave me four huge binders of uh, invitation are, is also, there a, the,
0: is there sort of a format that they follow are you able to create them the crea- her- crea- so crea- it's very creative creative and uh, but you could I do I have a, Tiki font.
1: right so I have the big four um, binders of invitations oh and then I have a, a, a just a huge box of of. Menus and invitations, but also invitations we didn't end up using. Like, oh, we decided to go with yeah. a different design, but the other designs we're not were going big. with that art deco, thing. right? But it, it, you know, they're 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 still great invites. Yeah, so they're
0: can, so cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah,
1: so I I've got I've got boxes of that, and I'm like, you know, uh, of course, when I was just throwing them in boxes when I was working there, I was like, oh, I'll always. Um, you know, this will be easy to do. Yeah. It,
0: and now it, it's a little overwhelming. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. You dedicate the book to your parents. Yeah. 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 They,
1: you know, they really um, did try at least to teach me um, to treat people well. It, I got in, my parents got called to school one time, and it was uh, about misbehaving, and me and my friend were misbehaving. And my dad's only concern was, well, he's not being mean, is he? I mean that was the, uh, the right. and, and he said to me, as long as you're you know, I was no angel, but as long as you don't if you were don't make or fun mean. of his uh, yeah, that, that was That was his number yeah. one. And I never see them. Some of their friends could, but they were they all never Yeah. And so they were a great role model that I didn't always follow, but right. they they were they were good at trying. I love that. What was it like when
0: they would come to the White House? They must have just burst. Well, my dad had what passed tried. away, which was sad.
1: And I said in my, uh, after the president's, uh, or before the president spoke, maybe it was after, it was all a blur. Um, I said, I was talking about uh, thanking everyone. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, my dad isn't here more than to see me here, but to see this administration because it was his politic, you know, right? It? It's when he was working yeah, for in Texas, yeah. and, and, and and so, but you know, it was great. My mom, my brother, I said, my brother, sister in law, her family, all these, you know, where they would come, and so it was always fun.
0: Yeah, uh, they must have been so yeah, proud. Yeah, they must and have it, just it was, loved it. Yeah, were there times when you thought I'm watching history right now in front of my face?
1: Yes, and I would say to my staff because sometimes we'd have a Medal of Freedom ceremony, and then another ceremony, and then this. And it was easy to go, because you're so busy to go from one to the next. And I would tell my staff, which I don't think they they were also much younger, they were like, "Yeah, oh, yeah. I said, every day, you know, think about what you did today, because it will uh, stand out. And I remember it was always an odd kind of lonely feeling, but emotional feeling at the end of a day where we had a lot of events or with, after the holiday parties, when it was all over, sitting in my office, usually at night, and thinking about it, and everyone else was gone. And it was, you know... You were uh, taking uh, stock. Uh, to stock, and that's sometimes what I'd make notes of uh, because it was really amazing. And I'd usually, on the way home, I'd call my friend Rick or my friend Mark or my mom and talk about the day. Yeah. Did you, you drive know? to work? No. I always made sure I sold my car I always made sure I lived close enough to walk. To walk.
0: I love that. Because
1: I, I, I also thought yeah. if you walk before you get into the it, it yeah. it's better.
0: Now, was your b- being gay ever a thing at all? A consideration? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't think so, in, in, especially with that White House. But even, like, if you work there today and Pence came in, that would be something It'd certainly be that a, would be a little a th-
1: uncomfortable right yeah but did you have any yeah.
0: moments like that ever that no. where, where you ever felt like there was even something that was on the, the radar
1: only time i felt a little awkward or it, or it was in my mind i don't think i've it, it, i don't know that it really felt that strange but i was aware the african uh summit and we had fifty-two leaders from different, and some of them,
0: and some of the those countries, and, and, I, and
1: I really didn't know which one. Right, were but what, you just had the but, And I had to greet each one as they at the because right. I wasn't. It was in August. I was not going to have the president and first lady greet fifty-two different yeah. leaders as they came. So I would greet I the uh, chief of protocol, and I would greet. All of And I remember as I'd walk in, I'd say, welcome to the White House and all that, and I was, uh, in my mind, I was like, is this one of them that would kill me if I was in their country? (laughs) Right, you were thinking about it. Yeah. Trying to get a read. Right. And, um... But it, that was one of the, uh, you know, there might, I don't know if there was any other, but that was the only
0: one that kind of... I think it's remarkable life. that it, that's the only time it ever yeah. occurred to you as yeah. even being a thing. Yeah. That says a lot yeah. about things. Were you there when um, marriage equality? I had just left I went, and I got called. I think I
1: got called by um, Valerie Jarrett. Yeah. And But someone called and they told me the they were going to do the,
0: the White House, house in Rainbow. It,
1: yeah. uh, because my, uh, would that
0: have been part of your job? Well, you it was there? actually,
1: it was someone for the holla, for the state dinners, I would have uh, at some of them, uh, a, a, someone that did events in from Boston, it would help out. You know, like He'd say, here's what, get, he could get stuff easier, and he could get things cheaper because he had relationships with them. And so, it, they contacted him. So the only thing I would have done is called him and said, hey, can, is this possible?
0: Yeah. And, and he, he ended up doing You had it. a hookup. up. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here's some questions you picked from the observation okay. deck. What would you want your fi- final meal to be?
1: Uh, it, my final meal would be my favorite favorite thing, which is hamburger and fries. Now, the other thing that is almost on the same level is really good fried chicken. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't be a steak; it would it more likely be a hamburger and fries.
0: I love hamburger and fries. And where do you like to get them?
1: Well, I used to when I first got there's out here. Levels. There's different levels. Yeah, like
0: your chain restaurants. There's right. your fast food restaurants. Then you're sort of like gourmet-ish.
1: Right. Well, when I first got out here, I loved, loved, loved the hamburgers at Hamburger Hamlet. Yeah, but those have gone by way. Of, are they all gone? They're the hamburger all gone. Hamlet? The last one is gone. Is it, it so in sad. the valley. Is gone. So. Um, but I, I I like the counter. There's a, there's counter's a the counter is good, and there's a place I don't know the name of it, but in the farmers market, mm. uh, which I go uh, about every other day to get fresh resorans juice and uh, baguette. There is uh, a place that's good, and I used to walk uh, my dog to. There and we would, have yeah.
0: And you have to have fries with it.
1: it, it, it Bullshit! First to not of have fries all, fries with it. There and that that it came with. I mean, it was like it was cheaper. It didn't yeah, make sense. It yeah, so. sort really, of accidentally yeah, got yeah, the fries. It, it was r- actually them. rude if you didn't.
0: I like Shake Shack.
1: Shake Shack's good.
0: Every time I taste it, I'm like, I can't believe how good this is. My first Shake
1: Shack, I mean, so I'm going to tell you a Shake Shack story, and that is they had just opened the first Shake Shack in Washington, D.C. Right. And Mrs. Obama decided, let's go get lunch. (laughs) But what we did is we were in unmarked cars, and we stopped at lights. They were big suburbans. I'm
0: bursting out of my seats. And, with it. It, has and, a, it has my favorite things, Obamas and Shake Shack. Shake Shack.
1: And we were <laughs> not... So there was no, you know, police
0: cars. So she went so, with you. She didn't right. send you and out. So
1: we went, and the Secret Service got there in advance. It's, it closed off this one little area. Yeah. And we had hamburger and it was. Did two, you eat there yeah. or take it with you? Yeah, we, we, we ate sat there, there and ate and, there. Ever. And it was... And then by the time we left, of course, word had gotten out, and there were people across the street, all you know, waving, and uh, got in a crowd. What what was too bad was on the way back to the White House, uh, the communications person said, "God, I just can't believe this." Someone from the New York, you know, the Washington Post, said that you were a Shake Shack, and how many calories it was, and. You know, her whole thing is everything's in moderation, you know, right. and, and, and oh, so because so, she's let's move, let's move and, lets move, that and she yeah. can't have that she can't, she have, can't go to Shake Shack yeah, one yeah, day. Yeah. So that was that was it was my first Shake Shack, I think. And it. but it was also it was a, a very interesting experience because it started out great. And then it wasn't that it. It just is, has so a little aftertaste yeah, after yeah.
0: of like this thing that's so freewheeling and spirited yes. and shows fun and personality so who, how many people went
1: I think there was maybe
0: nine of us just people that worked yeah. there yeah 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 the yeah. girls enchanting yes yes I and think I was so. always uh,
1: I've always been very uh you know someone in my family would say so you know tell us about Sasha Emily. and I said no you know the Obama's that is there, there's a line. There's a yeah. family. And I said, I never discuss them. Yeah. I never try to be a part of the their yeah. business. You know, if something happens where we're, we're – but I always really kept uh, a distance from ever talking about them yeah. because I wanted respect.
0: But it was it was wild just for us to watch people grow, grow up, up in the White House. Grow up, and so yeah. yeah.
1: Because by the time they yeah. left, the, the, the play set that was in the – Outside of the Oval, where they, you know, the treehouse and this whole thing. Yeah. By the time they left, they, they had long grown yeah.
0: out of it. They are so, like, no, so, that's... Yeah, yeah it's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what TV show that's only on in reruns now still has the power to suck you in?
1: I still, and I even have DVDs of it, and I have it, I think, probably from, you know, DVR... I will still like. Sometimes I'll wake up and I can't get back to sleep, and I'll turn on and "I Love Lucy" is on between two and five a.m. Yeah, and I start watching it, and I could watch it anytime I want. But there's just something about it, and it. I think it's a certain amount of innocence or something. You know, you remember it when you it's were comfort kid. food. It's comfort food. Yeah, and and it's that. And there's another one that is not "I Love Lucy." You hear people say a lot. Gilligan's Island uh, is is silly and stupid yeah. as what. There's something I still yeah. love about watching it.
0: You just always hope they're going to get off the island.
1: Well, and then I said something to my staff one time when I was talking. I said Gilligan's Island, and they looked bewildered. And I was like, Do you guys know what Gilligan's Island?
0: Were they all like they had No idea.
1: Yeah, They'd never heard of Gilligan's no, Island. Heard of Gilligan's Island? And one seems... didn't know that he had ever heard, or he heard of Johnny Carson. Kind of the way I heard about Jack Parr. Yeah.
0: You know, that it was yeah. but yeah. This is the name. What was your favorite toy as a kid?
1: Uh, Box'em, sock'em, Robots. Oh, yeah. The red and the blue one. Yes. And I love them. I th- it it always looks so Bush. cool yeah. on TV. And, it, and they never worked that well. Yeah. You know, it was always... A, but I loved the idea and I loved yeah. the look. And yeah. the, it was, you know, the ad was so good yeah. that you had to have You,
0: it. you were sucked yeah. in. Uh, What's the tastiest, sugary breakfast cereal?
1: Well, this is tough because this is one of my, along with hamburgers being my favorite meal, I could have cereal for dessert and be happier than most any dessert. And so it changed it. It used to be Captain Crunch.
0: That cuts Uh, the roof of your mouth, but it's delicious.
1: And and then it was uh, Frosted Flakes. I've had a recent resurgence with Honeycomb. Which mm. is end kind of a out? Yeah, I and
0: had a big uh, little fling with cinnamon toast crunch recently, where I could eat like a whole box in one sit. It was not a healthy thing, sick. and then I just turned off it. I just kind of like, okay, I, I'm done. Well, I have I'm to not buy it yeah. because
1: if it's in the house, especially at night, I will suddenly be just about a 2nd I'm like, oh, I'm kind of hungry, and you know, the next day I'd be like, oh my god, I had. Do you all do the
0: this thing? Now. Okay, you get, eat all the cereal. There's still milk in the bowl, and you're like. That milk looks lonely. It add more cereal. I, the All only the way time. to really solve this is to add more cereal and then yes. eat it. Yep. Absol- yeah, absolutely absolutely of myself. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember Quisp? Yes, I voted for Quisp over Quake. Remember when you had to yes. vote? Yes, I remember. So I also had Quisp I had was a Quisp like to, to, uh,
1: stuffed animal.
0: I had the the bowl, but it was it looked like a dog bowl cuz one side was red and one side was blue and it right. was like Quisp and Quake.
1: Well, Quisp but quite won. did bro- it, it, it didn't really? I
0: think it won. I think I lost. Well, it was like the 2000 I think I voted for Christmas. presidential. Election. Yeah, it very <laughs> tough.
1: But, <laughs> and, but my brother for Christmas is a joke because he used to like Quisp. Yeah, I found out that you can order Quisp from Post or whatever cereal. It, yeah, it's like seven, nine dollars a pop. I
0: mean, it's, it's like they do but, it like a delicacy. It, it, like yes, this? and I did you do it? it? it and I did. And did it, it show it up?
1: Showed up. Emma, it, it showed up and. At, uh, at Christmas, and it was kind of a joke gift, but he took pictures of eating. He was like, "Oh my God, I forgot how." Good. I would lose
0: my mind. Yeah. if I can see if I can do that. Yeah, online. online. Yep, Amazon and Amazon. Had it, Maybe. Yes. All right. Wow. Um This is the last pick- question you picked. What movie costume do you wish you owned so you could wear it around the house?
1: Probably Superman, or you know, one of the superheroes. Right. So, you know, it always. You know. It's movie But it it always looks so good And I think You know Superman I just go back and forth Of which one Which superhero Yeah
0: I like the more modern ones That are a little more constructed Right A little less unitardy
1: yeah, um, I think I get maybe I like that. Yeah, unitary. But I It's like, not bad. You know, it's
0: its own thing.
1: It, it, you know what? It was. It's really different to, to yeah. see the different styles, and I'm like, oh, which one do I yeah. like? So that would be. I think it. I think it'd really be nice yeah. to see me walking around the
0: house. There you go. With that, yeah. I, why not? Yeah. Um. Tell people how they can find your book.
1: Yeah, it is available online uh, through Simon and Schuster, or uh, Scribner, or the easiest thing is uh, through amazon
0: amazon yep what do you hope people get from it
1: i i hope they get what i got in writing it and that is it there's nothing in there that is brand new news but like most self-help books or any book like it, it it's kind of obvious things that that you have to think about right and so i'm in you know, sometimes I'd be in traffic and I'd start to honk and I'd think, you know what? They're not endangering my life. Right. It's going to take 30 more seconds or whatever. Right. And so it made, writing the book made me be more conscious. And you have to be because in the yeah. world, it's too easy to react.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, writing the I book hope made
0: you treat people better. Better. And
1: I, I hope that's what it does is it makes you be conscious of, oh, yeah, it takes work. Yeah. You know, to do this.
0: Are you on social media at all? Are you, you, I'm you, awful at it, yeah. and I've got to get better. It I've got to get
1: better because I everyone I know. You know, I have a Twitter account. I yeah. haven't used it in yeah. months. I go. I am on Facebook, but yeah. I, I'm not. I really. I think what I need is a young person to come and say, "Okay, here's what you got to do. You yeah. got to start doing this." But it anyway. I know that feeling. But okay. you're on social
0: media. Yeah, right? but I don't. But I don't feel like I. It, it, it,
1: I mean, there are you know. people. I have friends that post every day. I remember Mrs. Obama once said, why do people post where they're eating? or yeah. where they're? She said, why? And, of course, she craved privacy so much it seemed all the odder to me. Yeah. But I always thought it was funny when people would be uh, – a friend of mine, Scott, posts what restaurants he's on. He posts when he's on an airplane and all that. And I'm like – yeah, why, why are you telling everyone where you? But for a lot of people, that's what that's they what like happens.
0: to do. You know, who I've suddenly started feeling bad for are the hotties on Instagram that are oh, the, the hot guys that that's their job kind of to yes. post pictures because it feels like a beast that's never going to be satisfied. You just got there's keep, so much in what you, you just said about a beast that time. has to be satisfied,
1: right. and the, um, I don't know that I can say I ever felt badly for them, I certainly have enjoyed. I've certainly
0: work. enjoyed, but then yeah. I'm like, man, that's a lot. Like, because yeah. you're gonna look back and go, it's not like, oh, you worked, you got a book that you wrote, right? You're gonna go, oh, remember that time I took that picture by that tree in my underwear?
1: Well, but. I think of it in a different way, and that is when they don't post up, and I put, what the hell, why didn't they post something? Yeah, what's happening? Where are you? Where have you been? Is it? What's going on? It's okay.
0: We love you just the way you are. Okay, final question. How did working in the White House change you?
1: Um, I think in many ways it made me more confident. I I never thought I would have that. I could have never dreamed of having a job. Um, And it... I think it also allowed me to be me I mean, I was openly gay man, but also I really got from my dad from my parents, but especially my dad had a great sense of humor and virtually every day I'd be laughing with the president with be something yeah. and I felt very it felt very natural i didn't wasn't worried about it and um so I think it it was. Letting me be right. me in this, in, in in being a part of in, watching history,
0: and a lot of those moments of levity you write about. But I would think, I'm just presuming I wasn't there, that that would be a comfort to them in these very stressful things right. that they could come to you in this moment and have a, a moment of humor, lightness. Yeah, I
1: think I think so. The and then go always, on with
0: the serious. Stuff.
1: One of the things senior staff gets, which is it, it, you got is one of the few gifts because you get. Nothing, you know. Everything at the White House, you, there's nothing free, including right. going to the mess. Everything you get a monthly bill. Yeah, but and if you're on Air Force One, you get billed for the meal they serve whether you have it or not. So you're kidding? You know, no. So so you've that free. Yes. Wow. Well, but um, it was. Uh, I forgot where I was going with. We're it.
0: talking about how you brought lightness and levity. Oh, so like, I feel like one that, of the gifts. That would be a one
1: of the one of the few gifts was at the holiday dinner for senior staff. The there would be a book Pete uh, Sosa put together, which it, it looked like a yearbook. I it love Had his the presidential. He's great. Yeah. It had the presidential seal, and the president would find each one right and he would always write something in mind thanks for always making it fun or you know thank you for cheering me up when it, it, things were, were were not so yeah. cheery and so i do think it really you know i think that's why they like real people is that i think they really did appreciate that and i because they're able to be themselves yeah, exactly
0: yeah. exactly and it's so serious you gotta laugh yeah. sometimes You're yeah crazy. exactly exactly it's been so much fun this to has to been you. a blast thank you I for love coming this. over i could talk to you all day and um, i'm glad this happens so i am too thanks check for out the book it. it's called treating people well all right thanks thank for you me. thanks again to jeremy bernard pick up his book treating people well and quit being such a jerk socially i mean it's time get it together all right so this happened the mismatch game show was this past weekend And The Mismatch Game is a game show parody comedy show that I've been doing for 15 years uh, at the Gay and Lesbian Center here in Los Angeles. And we were celebrating our 15th anniversary weekend. It's a parody of the old match game, and it's kind of like Smatch Game, Snatch Game on Drag Race, only we were there first and uh, do it better. But I'm not complaining. Um, So we had the 15th anniversary show, and they were two of the best shows that we've ever had in 15 years. It was nuts. We do this thing in the middle where we... Um, auction off the cards if people love an answer they can shout out a bid and then they get a prize if they bid over a certain amount and we raised like $2,100 in the two days just in card auctions which uh, is a lot for this show The show is very um, low tech it's not fancy there's no um, corporate sponsors Uh, I put it all together and the center buys a bottle uh, bottle of water for everybody that's pretty much how it works construction paper I get prizes at the 99 cent store But um, this weekend was just a thrill. Um, The audiences were amazing. And I'll try to think of some highlights. Tom Lank, an actor, past podcast guest, he usually does Zoe Deschanel on the panel, and every answer is uh, a craft that he makes, usually with googly eyes. Well, he did two nights. He did Zoe Deschanel one night, and the other night he did a new character for The Mismatch Game, his take on Tilda Swinton. And he's been playing Tilda Swinton in this play called Tilda Swinton answers an ad on, on Craig li- Craigslist. And uh, it's showed here in L.A. It's, I think it's played in New York. It went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So it's this um, kind of really popular uh, little play that's kind of taken over the world. And uh, so he played Tilda Swinton. And, you know, how is Tilda Swinton going to be on the match game? I didn't know. But, boy, is he a genius. Because every <laughs> he would just talk about the roles that he played in different movies. Like, did you know that in the movie Alien... Tilda Swinton played space. And at one point we were talking, the question was about Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie. And I said, Tilda, were you in that? And she's like, yes. And I said, what did you play? And she goes, AIDS. So she's very grand. She's very, um, she's full of her own talent. And uh, that was genius. Um, Everybody was great. Danielle Gaither was the new addition to the panel. She played Wendy Williams. And before the show during the week, when I was writing questions... I was reading about Wendy Williams's current like her her life's kind of in turmoil right now. So I reached out to Danielle and I was like, "How should we come at this cuz man, she's going through it." So we just decided to be supportive that we're with Wendy, she's a warrior and uh and she showed up and she had some laughs and she she crushed it. So it all worked out. So anyway, it was it was fantastic and uh 15 years later, uh we're still doing it. And a few people reached out to me and just said You know, I didn't feel like going out. I was depressed and, you know, whatever. And then I finally went out and I'm so glad I did. I think people need to laugh. It's really kind of weird times. So uh, that felt good to be able to help do that. All right. That's enough for this week. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. (laughs) Bye.